very cool. It is very cool. So it's like cool. Instagram podcast, basically. Kind of, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Bet. All right. <laughs> Super fun. Welcome to <laughs> Photography Chat with Merlin. Photography Chat with Merlin. All right. Yay! Welcome to another episode of Photography Chat. We're uh, in season three, episode seven, I think. Yeah. Seven or eight. I don't know. I'm losing track. My memory is terrible these days, guys. Um, it Episode it's eight. Blur, Sorry. My bad. We're at episode eight, and here we're, we're here with Dakota. Um, do you want to take a moment to uh, introduce yourself? Um, yeah, sure. So my name is uh, Dakota Lee. Um, I've been a full-time model for um, about seven years. Uh, about three years ago, I started running like photo adventures, photo workshops, um, variety of just, just different photo experiences, basically. And I want to say two years ago is when I took the plunge into like trying to do the photography thing, like on the other side of the lens. So I've been booking work a lot as a photographer as of late. And um, I guess I'm not a full time model anymore uh, because I kind of do all three things. I'm an event producer, model and photographer, and I'm kind of shifting into photography more as of late. That's pretty cool. So you you got into photography through modeling then? Yeah, absolutely. Like I was, I think like 30 years old and yeah, I was 30 and had no delusions of grandeur to like become a model. But, you know, somebody saw me online and they were like, hey, I like your face. Like, and I'm kind of looking for not professional models because uh, I have a certain idea for what I want. So would you be interested in trying this project out? And uh, him and I ended up becoming pretty good friends. I worked with him, I think, about five or six times total. Um, but, like, other people saw me. Um, it's, like, really hard. So I have, like, really bad ADHD. And, like, when people, like, say things, I'm like, I <laughs> can no totally... Worries. I can totally keep a conversation and then like people say this. <laughs> it's, it, it is a little overwhelming sometimes. And, um, you know, I, I find it tough too, because like, uh, last year, um, in the pandemic, I was in a car accident and got like a, a head injury. And so like it's a like, concussion yeah, it was like a, a, a major concussion that like, it took me out of work for like six months. Oh my um, God. Yeah, brain injuries are like uh, nothing to fuck around with. And so it's like sometimes it's a little overwhelming to like keep up with the, the chat while holding a conversation. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's <laughs> I've had some like interesting DMs for people that got like upset at me because like I didn't address them properly when they had a question in here and I'm just like hey man I'm like a one man show here I don't I'm trying my really. best damn yeah I'm doing totally my best and I do this for free it's out of the love you know so it's uh I don't know it's, it's, it's interesting so I can understand that like you know it's it's hard to to keep up with it but it's also kind of cool like I like this format um 
opposed to like I, I've done a couple of other just like straight podcasts where you just like basically get on a Zoom with a couple of people and like those are fun because yeah. like you're having a conversation with them. But um, I like this because people can interact and and that's kind of like a fun thing. Also, um, I'm seeing like a lot of people that I know. Hi, everybody. Like, it's really cool. Hold on. Can I scroll? Wait, so I've never done this for like anyone who's watching this. I've literally never done a, like an Instagram live. So, but yeah, I'm like, you can, you so can you scroll can, up. Yeah. So you, you can, can. Wait, how do you do that? Oh, 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 there we go. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So, John, okay, John, yes, we did discuss shooting. Hold on. Mike is here. Hello. Entitled people. It's exactly. It's your show. It's my party. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm back to focusing on the conversation. Okay, so wait, what were you talking about? You're talking about what, what started getting So you were talking about how you got into the modeling and it was like totally unexpected. Yeah, it totally was. So like from that work, like uh, I started, other people started reaching out to me and they were like, Hey, do you want to shoot? Like, I like your look. Do you want to create something? And I'm like, cool. And I, I didn't, no one really approached me as like, do you want to model for me? It was like, hey, I have this photo idea. Do you want to help me with it? So I still didn't consider myself a model. But then like, after about a year of doing trade shoots just for fun, um, I remember going to Philadelphia and I drove like, hours and like paid tolls just to have this photographer like be really mean to me and like I went with my, my friend and he was like why aren't you getting paid to do this like you are driving all this way and it's, it was like I have a son so I was like taking time away from my kid and I was like I don't know I'm like oh dude like there's no one that's gonna hire me right that's what I thought like I thought like all models must be like five foot nine and like a 22 inch waist and like really like unattainably beautiful and so it was like this interesting experience when I transitioned into like hired work where there's a whole range of different looks and heights and weights and and you meet models in person and they don't like they're still beautiful but like they're not as intimidating and a lot of women are really cool and smart and like everything I thought about modeling like was just so different than when I finally started experiencing it. It was really cool. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I guess the, there is that whole like sort of like stigma of beauty standards and all of that, where like it can seem very intimidating and, and kind of like, you know, scary. And that's, um, you know, there's that yeah. sort of one look, but I, I don't know. I don't think 30s that old, um, like yeah. being 40 now, <laughs> like it's like it'd kill to be 30 again. <laughs> I would kill to be like like 21 again or like 19 so I can go back to college and become like a doctor or something like just like knowing what I know about like the medical like medical stuff and like my own path of health and lack thereof I like really wish that I could have maybe gone back to like to do medical school or like become a psychologist or something but i'm like so lazy like getting a doctorate what just sounds like something i would not have the attention so it's like 
a lot of school so <laughs> it's is a heavy investment like i i yeah. have a friend who has their doctorate and like she's invested most of her life into it um my my partner of sorts she's been looking at possibly getting her doctorate and like she's already invested so much to get her master's like it's it's kind of wild um yeah but on that point has anyone ever asked you that question where it's like would you rather be given like say $500 million, but you're immediately 70 years old or go back to being 10 years old, knowing everything that you know today. Oh, definitely 10 years old. Like there's just no doubt about that. You know, like absolutely 100%. I mean, what are you going to do with $500 million if you can only enjoy it for like 10 years? Right. <laughs> like what's the point of it? That's I mean, true. I guess you can, you can pass it on. I, Actually, well, when it comes to my kid, maybe I would take the money because then, like, I have, like, multiple generations of people in my family who would be so fucking set. Oh, wait. Oh, that's fine. I can't curse because it's Instagram. Fuck. Oh, you right. can you can fucking curse. I don't care. I love swearing. <laughs> swearing is the best. Fuck, fuck, Why fuck, shit, like bitch, I... asshole, you know? <laughs> I don't give a fuck about fuck. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, I don't give know? a shit about fuck. <laughs> There, there's that um, skit from like forever ago where they talk about fuck being like the most versatile word in the English language because you could fucking use it in like any kind of context. It's like the best. It is, it is the most satisfying and wonderful word ever created. I love the word fuck. It is the greatest. It's the great <laughs> and swearing is the best. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a somewhat professional person in my daily life and I love fucking swearing in meetings because like people are like oh my god and i'm like whatever fire <laughs> me like you know everyone else loves fucking swearing why aren't you doing it right now it's like we all know you're savages come on <laughs> yeah it's always funny working with new people and i'm like i'll say fuck and i'm like oh god i'm sorry i didn't mean to say that and they're like oh, i don't fucking care but then i mean it's very rare that people are like oh that's fine and then you can tell they're not okay with it <laughs> so i'm like okay <laughs> like the only time I've ever gotten in trouble for like some science, like some kind of like bad words. It wasn't even like fuck or like an offensive like word particularly. Like I mean, the words individually weren't offensive, but the way that I structured them, I guess, offended someone. And mm -hmm. I like referred to something being balls deep during a presentation, <laughs> and uh, that got me in trouble. Um, oh you know, my God, not great. all of the swearing I did leading up to the balls deep moment, but just balls deep was what got me in trouble. Who would that's have thought? hilarious. Well, I say like when I'm like, you know, that person just suck my dick and like people are like so <laughs> offended by that. Cause they're like, you don't even have a dick. And I'm like, well, I could strap one on. And it's then like, how do you that. know? I've got a fucking bigger dick than you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, you're acting, bro. I got a bigger dick than you. That's right. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just a state of mind. Like <laughs> it is. See, it's, 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 it's that vibe. And see, that's what I've never understood, why people use, like, being a pussy as an insult. Because, like, that one, I've never, I've never been able to wrap my mind around it because it's, like, what is, like, the most powerful, like, human thing? It's, like, you know, 
vaginas go through a lot of fucking abuse and it's like you know a guy gets like comes out of that thing exactly (laughs) and like i've seen some big-headed kids so it's like you know some people have gone through some like wicked trauma and then they're still dealing with all of the rest of the child rearing and it's like you flick a guy in the wiener the wrong way and he's like you know fucking crying for like a month about it like you know it's just yeah yeah you know, it should yep. be like, you know, you're being a real dick right now, but it's like not in a way of like, you know, you're being an asshole, but it's just like, you're really weak because you're a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like explain that to people. Like you're being a real dick right now. You know, like a penis, like, cause they're weak because like, if you touch them, I just want to like be, make it really super awkward. Yeah, for exactly. People. <laughs> it's like, you know, or, or it could be like, you know, you're being really flaccid right now. Like, are you embarrassed? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Did someone hurt your feelings? Like, show me on the doll where you were abused. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's great. Yes, please. That's hilarious. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I've never understood those kinds of insults. And it's just like the whole, like, you know, men being stronger than women and blah, blah, blah. I've I've met some really, like, mighty strong women in my life. Um, Not only physically, but, like, emotionally as well, too. Like, you know. Mm, yeah, my yeah. mom is actually the strongest person. I know that woman has like a will of like irons, like dude, like it's just she's so stubborn and she's super strong. Like not even just physically, like she's freakishly strong for a woman, like bizarrely strong. But also, she's just like has that iron will. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Like she. Uh, gave birth to, you know, all the kids she had, including me. Well, me, I was C-section, but initially it was, you know, no uh, epidural. She's like, well, I didn't want to, you know, risk anything happening to the kids. So, you know, you know, you shouldn't really have an epidural. And I'm like, fuck that, man. Like at three centimeters, I'm like, dude, give me the drugs. <laughs> give me all of the drugs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> give me all of your drugs, please. There's <laughs> the thing. You never want to piss off a mama bear. Like, you know. Yeah. My mom's like Danny DeVito size, and she still terrifies me, and she's like 70. Yeah, she legit. <laughs> and, you know, she, like, she was so intense that she joined, like, the military and reserves, and, like, she really found her way there, where it's, like, she loved the fucking combat trips where they go and, like, do, like, the training and fuck around with guns and stuff, and I'm like, you scare me sometimes, mm-hmm. but, you yeah, know, I also immensely appreciate my mother, and I miss her a lot. Um but maybe I'll see her this year. You know, COVID, they've been kind of stuck in the Philippines for the last couple of years. So maybe. Oh, so she's in the Philippines? Yeah. In their infinite wisdom, they decided to retire on the other side of the world from like their grandkids and stuff. So it's like, it's good for them because it's cheap, but it's mm. also meant that like, you know, they haven't been home for like two and a half years, something like that. However Did long. they move like right before the pandemic, basically? No, they retired there a few years back. Okay. And it's been kind of funny because they're like, oh, come visit. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Like, if I'm going to spend thousands of dollars to fly anywhere, it's not to have a fight with you guys in a different country. Right. (laughs) I can do that for free over Facebook Messenger. (laughs) I I know a photographer who actually, uh, from Baltimore, he's, he's from the Philippines, and he'll come back to Baltimore to work for, like, a couple months, and then he just, like, takes all of that money and goes to the Philippines and like lives like a king for like two months and then comes yeah. back here, makes his money, goes back there. Like, and he like does these travel blogs. So I've been like kind of 
uh, fangirl like watching his blog because it's like so cool these places that he's going to and he has like the uh, the drones and everything like that That's cool. and like man the locations that he goes to though are just like unbelievably beautiful like it's so nice um there's some like wicked beautiful stuff out there um like uh, i i saw like i've been to the mother country once i spent three weeks there with my parents in like 2008 um and saw some really cool shit but i my problem with it is like the disparity of between the rich and the poor that they have there and in how, um, what's the word? Um, when they like take advantage of people, I can't think of that word right now. Um, exploit. Yeah. How exploitative it is. It's, it's, it was just yeah. really fucking weird. Like my cousin was like, Hey, let's go to the driving range. And I'm like, that seems innocuous enough. Like I like hitting balls and like, you know, making things like fly everywhere. Um, and then we get there, and it looked like a normal driving range you'd see here in, like, you know, North America, except it was all dirt, and there was these dugouts next to where you hit the ball. And I was like, what's up with the dugout? And he's like, you'll see in a minute. And this little kid comes out and crawls into the dugout and then makes, like, a little ball of, like, a little pile of dirt and puts the ball on it and then, like, covers his face up. And I was like, no, I can't be part of, like, child labor. <laughs> this seems really Whoa. fucking weird. And he's like dude, you have to. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, if you don't, then he doesn't get money. And then his family doesn't get money. And I was like, this is really shitty. I feel really fucked up about this. And I gave like the kid, like all of the money that I had because I just like, I'm like, just take it and like, don't be here and have people hit balls at you. This is fucked up. I want to go back home. Yeah, (laughs) It It was super fucking weird. And so it's like, it's super cheap to live there. Um, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, and that's like the allure of it. But all like the the insidious, like just the insidiousness, or oh, fuck, oh, I can't say insidiousness. Insidious. There we go. Um, that's kind of like a weird thing, and I just don't don't like that. Like, but that mm-hmm. my my dad loves it because he's like, oh yeah, I get like my five dollar massages and you know, $3 bottles of whiskey and, <laughs> but yeah. the, like from a tourism perspective, it is really cool. there. like Barakai is like absolutely beautiful. Like the white sand beaches and stuff. And like, there's lots of cool caves and things to check out. And like, you know, if you're into that sort of lifestyle kind of thing, um, there's lots of places where you could go make content for that. So it's like, I could see the attraction of, of the Philippines for yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, the, we, that's like a huge, like, <laughs> we kind of deked off I meander like crazy. You will never have, like, a linear conversation with me ever. It'll be like, we could be, like, talking about the most important thing ever, and I'll be like, oh, my God, squirrel. And then, like, we'll, <laughs> we'll, like, meander for, like, 10 minutes, and then I'll be like, oh, wait, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, something really important. Like, it's just, uh yeah, I have, like, big Sagittarius energy with that, too, where it's, like, I just kind of, like, go on these, like, weird tangents and shit when I'm, like, you know, telling stories. And <laughs> then I, I have, like, a propensity to end up meeting other people who like to meander in stories. So it's, like, you know, we're we trying to... We get each other. Kindred yeah. spirits. And so it's, Kindred like, you're trying spirit. to tell a story that really should only probably take about, like, 15 or 20 minutes, and it's, like, four hours later, you've heard all of these other tangents, and you still haven't gotten to your 15-minute story. But it's always a lot yeah. of fun, you know? Yeah. 
I enjoy that kind of stuff because it's, it's nice to get to get to know people and like hear about their like little anecdotes and, and stuff like that. Um, so I was curious, so, like from modeling, mm-hmm. what made you decide to jump behind the camera? Um, I wanted more creative control and I was tired of waiting for photographers to try new things. Like I, you know, I had all these concepts in my head that I really wanted to try and I had like a like very specific ideas and I would, you know, I, I would either wait for a photographer to shoot this stuff, right? And they would shoot it, but it wouldn't be exactly what I wanted because it's my idea. Like, you know, someone, I, I can explain it to an extent, but it's not that I was disappointed per se, but I'm like, oh, that's cool. But that's like not what I was going for. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to have more creative control and be able to create my own personal projects, uh, instead of waiting for trade or waiting for someone to hire me who wants my concept, I just started shooting stuff myself. Um, and I started off with a bang. Like I, there was a lot of immediate gratification since I'd worked so long as a model. I already understood lighting to an extent. I understood composition overall. Okay. Um, and I had a, a slight concept of the exposure triangle, and I started on manual. I never did, never even really once. I think I tried aperture priority and just fucking hated it. I don't <laughs> why, know why. Why did you hate it? I don't know. I just, I think I'm just a control freak. Like, I wanted to really learn the exposure triangle, and I wanted to have that flexibility because sometimes if you do it on auto, that's not what is in your brain. Like, you might want to intentionally underexpose or overexposing I never do that but you might want to you know um but I do sometimes make to make it moodier I will underexpose right mm-hmm. and I, I I wanted that like creative control so I just completely started on auto I mean, on manual um but I started off well I mean I had my first camera was a like I had this like Canon T1 collecting dust like in my closet for like ever that I never used so I pulled it out and you know like the <laughs> <laughs> why was it collecting dust because i just never really had a whole lot of of interest i guess in shooting i, I really like modeling like mm-hmm. a lot like I, I love modeling um for a myriad of reasons um but i just you know i got to the point where i'm like hey man you know it's time also photographers uh that you know I, they don't have to you know i can transition to becoming a photographer and I don't have to keep my measurements or email like a hundred people when I cut my hair or, you know, I can eat a bunch of bad food and break out and not have to worry. Oh my God, I have a big gig in three days and I look awful, you know? And it's like, it's just, you know, I love modeling, but also when you're, when you're a brand, like when you've created a reputation as looking this a certain way with my measurements, it's, it's not really about like, I can't gain weight but I have to kind of always keep my same measurements because in three months I have a project with a dress that's going to fit what I look like now. So I just, I, I just, I'm kind of, I, I love what I do, but I want the freedom to have more control over my body again. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm older, you know, I, you know, I'm in my late thirties and, um, I, don't want to do this forever. <laughs> I would have never guessed late thirties. Like, yeah. You know. 
It's the it's the oily Italian skin, darling. That's what it is. <laughs> it's, I get it's good that. for the wrinkles. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like that's I've never had to deal with that. And I don't think a lot of like um you know and well any of the photographers really have to like deal with that kind of thing where it's like someone else has so much say over like your personal life because your livelihoods mm-hmm. attached to it like that would be exactly that'd be such a weird experience like you don't you really don't feel like you own your body you know and um you know when i started out modeling i did a lot of art nude like that was almost all that i did um and I still do it on occasion. I don't do it nearly as much as I used to. I mean, not even close, man. Um, and that's a that's another big part of it is like, you know, I created this brand as a fine art model. And um, I felt like other people were owning my nude body. And it was just, it felt very invasive eventually like you know because for every 10 photographers there's one oh you okay i just have to close the window it's getting cold where where are you now are you you're not in toronto you said you moved right um sorry just a second I just had to, cl- I had the window open to get some fresh air and then the sun just disappeared and it got like so fucking cold. <laughs> so Wait, just, where uh, are you now? Uh, I live in Vancouver now. Wait, so what time is it there? It is 527. Damn. So my dumbass didn't even realize how different of a time zone it was. Like, it's because it's eight thirty here. Yeah, it's a three-hour difference between um, east and west coast. Um, yeah, I miss Toronto a lot. Like it's. Um, I wonder sometimes if I made a mistake moving back here, um, but also, like, uh, kind of a bonus. Like I was debating leaving vancouver to go back and then i got into like this studio space that i'm in right now and it's like super cheap and i would have never found anything like that in toronto so oh you showed me pictures of that space right yeah yeah so it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's, it's gotten to a point now where i can actually start using it and um yeah i did a shoot here um the other weekend it was fun and i recorded last week's episode here and it's just nice to have somewhere else to go because like I have, I live in a basement um, studio apartment and I work from home. And so it's like, I sit in front of my computer all day. And the last thing I really want to do is spend more time sitting in front of it when I'm trying to do creative stuff. Um, yeah. So it's nice to just have a different place to go where um, I can just like, this is, creative stuff only and like yeah. work stays at home or wherever like you know i don't even bring like a my designated work creative space yeah like i don't even bring mm-hmm. my work phone here because it's like i don't like this place will never be tainted by my day job <laughs> like, it's just no dirty dirty day job exactly like <laughs> dirty day job bad dirty day. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was curious you were mentioning all the, the art nude stuff and 
I, I've always been kind of curious about that one f- to understand like the perspective from the model of what that's like. Cause I've kind of noticed like a lot of the people that do art nudes kind of being like those like guy with camera types. Yeah. You have to be careful. There's a lot of GWCs out there. Yeah. Um, it, it's not, it's not as prevalent in uh, other countries. Like in America, it's like a dime a dozen. So there's a lot of gigs I turn down. Um, in Toronto, uh, I've only been to Toronto, so I don't have any experience with other Canadian like areas, um, other areas in Canada. Uh, but in Toronto, you have a lot of great photographers there. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of that same. It's almost like it's a it's very similar vibe to Europe. Okay. And it's same with Europe. You have, you have a lot of really wonderful photographers. It's not GWC nearly as much. I mean, they're people who really care about what they're creating. Um, and you can see the quality in their work. I mean, they're, they really care about and they believe in, in the work that they are creating. I, I think with uh, American uh, society, there's this sort of uh, paradox, right, of like us finding the nude figure so titillating and sexual, but at the same time having a lot of repressed, toxic, uh, puritanical views on sex. So it's Mm -hmm. like this really weird juxtaposition. And I think what happens is you have a lot of people with repressed, shameful ideals of sex, and that comes out uh, in a variety of ways, and one of them being they pick up a fucking camera and they just want to hire a hot girl and take pictures of her naked and call themselves artists. When we all know, we all know that's not true. Shame, shame, shame. Mm, you can't fool us, okay, with your crappy lighting and some chick butt. It's like, it's like if I had a dollar for like every photographer who just wants to photograph a chick naked by a window and like, thigh highs I would be I would I would be able to quit my job <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean ugh. oh I also I can see who's here Herman yeah I don't know I don't think I know all of these people I know some of them though there's okay. one person anyway, says they want to I, travel more they haven't been to Canada in 10 or so years I think they also said they wanted to shoot with you and regretted not shooting with you um Someone said Parmesan. I cannot I scroll up. I'm sorry. I don't know this thing, but I, I can see who's watching, but I can't, like, it won't. I'm, I don't, I don't yeah. know how I do this. I'm trying. No, I don't technology. It's okay. okay. You, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with what comes through on, on that stuff. You don't okay, worry. Thank you. You just have to focus on, on, on chit chatting here. Um, okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. It's a, I, I was always scared to, start taking photos of people especially in the studio environment because of that whole like guy with camera thing and i didn't want to end up being like guilty by association with that kind of thing because um when when the me too stuff was really blowing up in toronto a couple of years back like it got really bad for a bunch of photographers that were like you know obviously kind of sketchy um yeah and like I, there was one that I was friends with that I just like, you know, we're not friends anymore, but his, his photos were just kind of like, eh, like 
It's like, cool, so you got someone to get naked and you made them do the same poses as the last person that you got naked. And so you just have like the same pictures of different butts, but it's the same. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's... Astographers, I think is what they're... Yeah, and and it was just, I always felt bad, like, when we were friends, I always kind of felt a bit bad about it, because he's like, hey, did you like my last post? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, not really. Um, (laughs) But I was like, oh, shit, I didn't see it. I'll go take a look. Oh, God, that's a a very kind way to say, uh, no, your work is shit, bro. (laughs) Oh, it just, it kind of killed me. Like, I felt really bad, because, like, he seemed like an interesting cat, and then I'm... I did that like thing that you usually don't do. Like when you know someone professionally, you should just like leave it there sometimes. But I was like, Hey, this guy seems like pretty cool. Maybe we could like actually be friends. And so I was like, I was like, let's go for coffee sometimes. And immediately almost regretted it. I was just like, Oh, like yeah, the dude kind of had some like incel kind of, um, Oh yeah. Vibes. Dude. Oh, and dude, I was like, yeah. maybe he doesn't know that. And so I was like, maybe I can like help redeem him. And then it was just like, no, it was, yeah, it was just, it was bad. And I was just like, man, like you shouldn't be interacting with women if you have these, <laughs> these views. And like, even yeah. he would even say things like, oh, like I wanted to shoot with that person, but they like you know, got fillers or they got a boob job and that just like ruined them for me. And I'm like, you're like a fucking hobbit, man. Like, you know, you should, you have no opinion that matters on what these people do with their, but it's a hundred percent up to them. If putting fillers in, getting boob jobs, getting, but whatever, if that makes them happy, then that's what they're going to fucking do. And all the more power to them because like, you know, the whole human experience is fucking weird enough as it is. Like we're rotting bags of meat that like wander around for a few decades doing God knows what. So it's like whatever you got to do to make yourself comfortable in this meat bag, fucking do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I first started modeling, I, I mean, I had a good sense of my own boundaries, but I didn't have a good sense of good taste. Mm. So I remember just being like, oh my God, wait, somebody wants to pay me like $100 an hour to like pose for them. Like, what? Say what? Like, and it was like me standing in front of a graffiti wall, like naked with combat boots. So I'm like, I was just like, fuck you, because I'm like, do not give a fuck about. <laughs> like, I have no shame at all. So I'm like, I, like I, I'm like one of those weirdos who doesn't, like, I'm not a nudist, but, like, I don't really see, like, the big deal about the nude body at all. So, like, I didn't give a shit, dude. I'm like, you want to pay me $100 an hour? We're going to work for four hours and stand, you want me to stand in front of a graffiti wall? Uh, you know, I got you, boo, like, kind of deal. So I, like it took me a good couple of years to be like, wait though, like maybe this work isn't that really good to like align myself with, you know, and maybe I need to put more in. And I was still working with a lot, mostly like really good people, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I linked up with a few um, just wonderful artists and we would uh, sometimes, you know, we would do trade or other times I'd work with people who, you know, would hire me on a very regular basis, you know, um, God bless those people. I swear there were like a few people in the beginning of my career that just like loved working with me and they'd hire me every month. And they were like, 
like a dream person to work with because they were just so kind and wonderful and respectful. And I'm like, wow, you like make this all worth it. You know, um, Dave Warner, I don't, he's not listening in on this, but Dave Warner is like one of my favorite people ever and is one of the reasons why I even was able to do this professionally. Um, but yeah, I mean, it took me a couple years to really come into my own and be like more selective about who I worked with. Um, you know, uh, and it's still, I think for the most part nowadays, I don't really have any issues. I mean, I can tell in most, most likely I can tell within the first sentence, whether you're going to be a problem or not, Mm. you know? Um, so, and I, I I don't really have to take as many modeling gigs anymore. So I, I can be more selective, um, so I'm pretty happy with the kind of work that I'm creating now as a model. Um, but it's certainly, there was a learning curve and it took me a while to get to where I am for sure. That's fair. Also, <laughs> Armando's here. And Waster of Silver says high heels in front of a graffiti wall, maybe, but combat boots. I'm like, all right, man, if you want to wear some high heels in front of a graffiti wall, I'll shoot you coming to vancouver we got tons of graffiti here <laughs> let's let's see what so, let's see how how good it looks <laughs> so how are you doing like so what's the scene like out there man like i've never been there i've only been to toronto which is cool as shit and i dude i like honestly i miss toronto so much i miss creating there so much like i'm really i just uh me anyways too um yeah man toronto's cool as shit <laughs> it it is and like other parts of canada make the jokes that like toronto is like you know the center of the universe and it's so full of itself and blah 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 <laughs> and, you know waster silver says he's into it he's got decent legs and it's like you know i don't care man i will do how are you seeing these comments where are they coming from they're, they're just they're just coming in right now um Anything. You might have to scroll the other way. I'm not sure. You might still be stuck up. If you flick up until it just stops flicking, that might. Well, I'm at, I'm at Film Diary of a Redhead entitled People, Rolly Eyes. Oh, it's just your show, Marlon. Flick it, flick it up. Because it's like if you if you scroll up, it just kind of gets stuck there. So just um, just where it says um, Film Diary of a Redhead. Um, Maybe if I do this. No, no, that's not it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to tell me the com- the comments because they're not where, like I push up and it doesn't go anywhere, but it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Um, um, oh yeah. Toronto. So yeah. Can't like other Canadian cities like have beef with Toronto and like, I mean like fucking some shit in Toronto is like cocky. Like there's this brand where they make these like fucking hoodies and shit where it's like Toronto versus everybody. And it's like, fuck off that shit. Like, you know, that everyone already thinks that you don't need to like fucking show that off. But, um, I've always been a West coast boy. Like I was, I was born in Alberta and I grew up in British Columbia. And so Mm. like Toronto was like a really, intense experience for me. And it's like, I visited Toronto for the first time in 2001. And, um, 
it was like a super fucked up experience for me a little bit because it was like legit the first time I like saw black people for real. Because like I grew up in these like small towns where it's like I was the most colored person in the town that I lived in because it was like a town of like four thousand people, and um, <laughs> it just I, that has to be alienating. It felt a little fucking weird. I was like, oh my god, and I was like so yep. intimidated by the big city, and it was just like holy shit, like Toronto is so scary. Um, but yeah, and Waster Solar says he's been there a few times, but he likes Montreal better. Montreal is. A, a, a more interesting city for sure, but I really want to go to Montreal. It's that's oh my that's on the, my list for sure. But Montreal's a different vibe. Um, it's not as multicultural as Toronto is, and that's like what makes Toronto, I think, the most interesting city in Canada <laughs> is that it's like truly multicultural. Like you know, you can go into like different neighborhoods and you can find like. You know, like Caribbean neighborhoods, Jamaican neighborhoods, Polish, Ukrainian, Italian, mm-hmm. Portuguese. Um, like, <laughs> there's this um, Japanese, um, like, kind of like hole in the wall bar in a little Portugal that I used to love going to all the time called Hanmoto. And right in the corner in front of where Hanmoto is was this like little corner where all the like old Portuguese dudes would like fucking hang out and like smoke and drink like old dudes. Like I think like the youngest dude there was probably in his like fucking sixties. And it's like, you know, they fucking roll up in their rascal scooters and shit. And it's like, you know, they're listening to like whatever sports shit they're into. And yeah, it was cool to see that kind of stuff. And you know, it's like, it's really, really multicultural there where it's like, it's celebrated and it's not just sort of like melted down into a, mm-hmm. in, into like a homogenous kind of thing. Like Vancouver yeah. is not yeah. multicultural. It's, it's sort of like, it's just Vancouverish. Like there's just, yeah. I don't know. It, it's kind of in, in most of like the other Canadian cities are like that too, where it's like melting pot. That's, that's the thing where it's like, you know, Toronto is more like a mosaic versus a melting pot. And yeah, that was like a really cool thing because there was like lots of interesting opportunities to like actually experience different cultures within the same city. Um, and the art scene was really cool there. It yeah. still is like COVID's hurt it for sure. But, yeah, um, imagine. you know, it's, it's very different. Um, yeah. Vancouver's really white. <laughs> So many white people. Oh. It, yeah, it's like I don't know. It's it's kind of it's it's different. That's so funny. That reminds um, me, like um, you know, I used to live right next to DC, and I grew up right next to DC. And like I'm white, but like I re- I remember I had to live. I lived in West Virginia for a couple of years. Uh, so my mom, my brother, and I moved next to my grandma and granddad to live in West Virginia. And it was like such a culture shock. And I'm like, dude, there's like so many white people. Like I've never (laughs) seen this many white people before in my life. It was like unnerving. And they were like white people. They were like white people, man. Like not even there. They weren't like city white people. It was like, I'm like, I don't even understand these people. I can't like, I literally can't understand what they're saying. Like, I just like, it was like real country, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm, it was sorry it just reminded me of that experience of like wow i even i can't imagine like living somewhere like that as a person of color because even i was uncomfortable and i'm like white 
So I don't know. It was just really weird. <laughs> yeah. Like that. I felt like that when I went to white sulfur Springs, um, like DC was really cool. I had to go to falls church, Virginia for some training when I was like oh, way yeah. young. And that was the first time I saw fireflies and they blew my fucking mind. I was just like, Aren't they beautiful? They're, they're so amazing. Beautiful. And me and this other Filipino dude, we were both like, the fuck are these like flying light bulbs? <laughs> like we were both losing our fucking minds about it. And everyone thought we were fucking crazy. And That's um, awesome. yeah, they were amazing. But then yeah, the, the, the white comment thing, like I felt that hard when I had to go to white sulfur Springs for a work event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I work in technical sales. And so it's like every quarter we have our like, you know, quarterly business reviews and shit. And um, in the before times, we would travel to like interesting places for the BC before yeah, COVID. <clears throat> before COVID. Yeah. Like, um, and on this one trip, we were supposed to go to Chicago and I was fucking stoked because I'm like, I like Chicago. Chicago is fun. And, you know, I was like 100% down for Chicago. And then the sales manager's like, great news, guys. I talked to management. And even though we didn't hit the target we're supposed to, they approved the trip to the Greenbrier. And like all these white dudes on my team, because it was like, I was on a team of like 30 people. And there was like four colored people on the team. And all like the white dudes were like, fuck yeah, Greenbrier. And my sales guy was like this Filipino dude, Rodney. And he's like, the fuck is a Greenbrier, bro? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And then we had to Google it. And we're like, it's so, it's a fucking golf course in like the fucking hills in like Virginia. Um, oh my God, that's hilarious. And it was like really creepy because you had to fly into Roanoke and then drive for like an hour and 45 minutes from the airport in Roanoke to White Sulphur Springs through the fucking mountain range there. What I can't remember what oh, it's called. Oh, wow. And there's no cell coverage. So it's like... Yeah, that's in the cut, man. That's in the cut. Yeah, and it was fucking creepy. Because, like, I had never seen so many, like, fucking Confederate flags and all sorts of shit, like, yeah. waving in there. And I was like, mm-hmm. these are some racist-ass hills. And, yeah. like, <laughs> my sales guy, Rodney, he's like, bro, I'm fucking scared right now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little nervous too. Like, I'm glad that like, you know, Enterprise yeah. upgraded us. They gave us like the big, bad fucking Suburban. So I was like, at least we've got like the Abrams tank of rental cars. So it's like, if anyone tries to fuck with us, we could like smash them with the rental car. Um, <sighs> but it was super creepy. And yeah, it's, <clears throat> yeah, that's how it is in West Virginia for sure. There's a lot of like, uh, I like it's weird because so I, I live really close to um, this area uh, called Sharpsburg. I, I live okay. pretty close to that. So if like when like like the, the like it's like right before you get into West Virginia, right? And Sharpsburg is like racist. <laughs> There's like <laughs> tons of Confederate flags everywhere. It's it's where the Battle of Antietam happens. So it's the bloodiest battle in the Civil War. Holy shit. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, Civil War um, pride, I guess, there. Um, and then what's funny, though, is you go literally, like, three miles 
away from, or maybe five miles tops, and you're in the most hippie town of all of West Virginia. It's called Shepherdstown, and it's like literally, it's like quite literally the antithesis of Sharpsburg because it's like a, it's, it's like hippy dippy. There's like rainbow flags everywhere, like Black Lives Matter, like LGBTQ, uh, TQ, like like everything, like ubiquitous, like you know, love Trump's hate, everything like that. But it's really interesting because, like, just the one town over is is the complete opposite of that. It's just fascinating to me. That is really fascinating. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't understand the whole like worshiping the Confederate thing. Like they lost. Like what? What is? What pride is They're there? They're traitors. Yeah. They're traitors. Like you know, treasonous. Just, treason. Uh, like, celebrate treason. I mean, how do you? What's that? I know. It's so crazy. It's like. It is crazy. And like, yeah, we just had our own treason fest here in Canada, um, in, in Ottawa. Like there was like a bunch of shit going on there. And it's like that finally wound down. And it's just like, you know, that wound down just in time for all this crazy shit in the Ukraine. Like what the hell is going on with the world? Yeah, right now? that's man. That's crazy, dude. Like it is like I woke up in the morning to that and I'm like, I, it's like, I don't even know how to process it yet, to be honest. I'm just like, shit, dude, that's heavy. It is. It's it's definitely really heavy. Yeah. Like we're, I I think like we're just all restless right now from the last few years of whatever this is. And it's just like made so many people irritable and it's just like, it's reaching this critical mass where shit's just getting like really fucking weird. And someone's like, go freedom truckers. You know, they're not freedom truckers. They are domestic terrorists. I don't like that. They keep calling it a peaceful protest and that they were, they were like demonstrating peacefully. There was nothing peaceful about what they did. You know, and everything that they did was, was, you know, more or less domestic terrorism. And, you know, just calling a spade a spade on that one. Like it's, um, it's, it's a crazy time, man. I mean, yeah. we've, you know, we've been there, there's been, it's been hidden from so many different angles for the last two years. And I think people are struggling, you know, they're struggling in a, in, in a variety of ways and they're just tired of it. I'm not justifying anything by any means, but no. it's just, there's, a, there's been a lot going on, man. And it's like fucking crazy to process all of it. And we've all been isolated and, yeah, and we've all yeah. lost so much. Like, yeah, you know, it's we've we've lost peoples, we've lost our lives, we've lost our uh, outputs, yep. we've lost our worlds, and like yeah. it's, oh yeah, it's totally understandable to see how people are getting so um, wrapped up in these these movements and these things, even if they're wrong, because. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that we've all lost through all of this is like communities. And, um, you know, that's something that I've, I've valued immensely is like the communities photography has introduced me to and, you know, how those communities have changed. Like in, in the before times, um, you know, those communities were really in person. So it's like, you know, to be involved in those communities required like travel. And, um, you know, I was very lucky to be able to go like down to the States freely and, and hang out with like my people and, and enjoy that kind of stuff. But then, 
you know, COVID sort of made that impossible. So it's like those communities kind of shifted as everything yeah. else did to be virtual. And yeah, yeah. it's, um, that was like how, how we crossed paths was like, yeah, I, I messed around with clubhouse for a bit and, um, uh, you know, that was I haven't seen you on there in a long time. It's been a minute. Um, I just, the, the I'm not thing, on there as much anymore. Well, that, and that's the problem that I have with it is it's a, it's a huge commitment to, to spend some time in there. Like it's, and I find like I've, I've popped in every now and then, and I find like the rooms get a bit overwhelming sometimes Yeah, and people get really soapboxy on it. Like I I hate those ones where it's like these people that are definitely a bit pretentious telling you how to be successful. And it's just like, you know, your photos are kind of boring. Like shut up. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm oh, glad, yeah. I'm glad you bought 50,000 followers on Instagram, but that does not make you a fucking <laughs> legend. You just I like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've stayed in touch with the real people that I appreciate there. Like, you know, um, uh, retro photo York. I fucking love that guy. Uh, Jamie's great. You're great. You know, Thanks. it's. It was good having you on there too. Yeah, I mean, there's just some cool people there, but I just yeah. I don't have the energy for it as much anymore. And I have to. I'm so I'm honestly very tunnel visioning my career right now, and I don't really even have time. I don't have time to just you know fuck off on Clubhouse. You know, yeah, it, but, it takes a lot of time. So with the tunnel vision, like, what's your focus right now? Like, what direction are you heading with it? Like. It's definitely like pushing the photography business like and it's 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 a it's a learning curve like the way that I advertise is different than I would as a model it's just it's it's different a different type of marketing like with modeling it's like very specific it's like you know I I know who to reach out to mm-hmm. you know as a freelance model as a photographer in what in some ways it's great because you have everybody there's like the whole of of everybody that you can market towards you know like you can book headshots you can book weddings you can there's a there's a wealth of everybody wants a a photographer everyone books a photographer right so for the i mean like within i mean i'm exaggerating but it's like you know there are a lot of opportunities but with that come like well well who how do i how do well how do i how do i reach out to them then like what do i do like do i like reach out to some random motherfucker on Instagram and be like, Hey, you're like, do you want to like pay me money to take your photo? Like, that'd be super cool. Right. Like, <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. like, what the fuck? like, I don't shoot fashion. I don't shoot fashion. I don't have an interest in it. I don't want to be on a fucking, I don't care about magazines. I don't care about models. And like, I shoot models, but like for my events, but I don't care about being a fashion photographer. It just sounds no, it's not my jam. Like I, you know, so, but so when you don't do that though, like you're, you know, you're, you're marketing to normal people, like no offense to people who aren't in this industry, but it's people who are not in this industry, you're marketing to people who are not in this industry. So, <clears throat> so if you could do any kind of like photography then out there, if, it, if you're uh, choosing, like what would be like your most ideal, like favorite thing to work on? The two things I'm already working on, which are uh, corporate headshots and ballet. Ballet, like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. I mean, I, I like working with ballet dancers because you can do anything with them. You you can do fine art portraits. You can do 
you know, headshots if you wanted to. You can do fashion with them. You can do ballet. You can do weird contortionist poses. I mean, there's so much variety that you have with a dancer, and they have all the grace and body awareness that no one else in the world, in my opinion, has. I mean, there's nothing like working with a dancer. Their level of body awareness is astounding. That's um, interesting. So how, how did you get into shooting ballet stuff? I don't, I just, I don't even remember where it's, I don't even know where it's, huh. how it started. I, I, th- I think like I had hired a ballet dancer or no, oh, that's right. I did a shoot with a ballet dancer um, and I was watching her and I was like, whoa, she's like way better than a normal model. Like, holy crap, that's amazing. And then I'm like, you know, maybe I should do a ballet photo workshop. I know how to light people. So by that logic, you know, I should probably be, I just, I just made sure to hire a, a very good dancer, someone who knew, who could pose themselves without me directing them. And I was like addicted from that point on. And um, I, I, I have a, even though I'm not a dancer, I have a pretty good idea for the climax of, of their movement. I, I, I don't know if it comes from me modeling, but I have a, a natural ability to sort of like catch them when you're supposed to catch them. Um, you know, that said, I, I, you know, if when I work with children, I have a, uh, an instructor with me. So I, you know, have someone because you, you can't photograph a dancer just like in any pose. It ha- if, if you're doing dance, it has to be their climax of the pose, right? Yeah. Not just not the before. It's that it's that extension, that full extension. Uh, that's when you take the shot. That's the only shot that would really matter to the dancer. Um, I like corporate headshots because I don't work in the corporate world, but I just find it really fascinating, and I, I like. I like making people who normally hate their photo taken feel really good about themselves. I want the, I, I, it makes me feel really good to like see them relax with me and see their photo and say like that's I love that photo of me, but when they came in, they hated the way they looked. Mm. You know, I, I, I like that satisfaction. Um, there people say that you know corporate headshots are boring, but I think there is an art to it. Um, and it's easy in, in terms of communication. So, um, I, mean, I like those things. It can be boring if you make them boring. Like, yeah. But that's yeah. an interesting thing. Cause like I could see a lot of corporate types, like sort of dreading, like the, getting their photo taken. It's like, Oh no, I have to like <clears throat> update my LinkedIn because they want us to be yeah. more social and like, you know, yeah. I have to do this or that or whatever. They keep telling me I have to like share Dell stories, but no, I'm not gonna like pimp out my social media. <laughs> hey, Marilyn, I have to go because I have to put yeah. my son to bed. It was great chatting with you. Yes, I, I want to do this again. This was so fun. I like I like having conversations with you, even though my thing didn't work. I don't know who actually all joined, but we had all sorts of people come through here. So it's and ja- Jamie popped in and Jamie. Jamie no. says, so true. Dancers are amazing. They are, aren't they? They're the best. Uh, yeah. So I, let's try this again so I can actually read the comments because I wasn't able to interact with anybody. Yeah, well, we could definitely get you up on a follow-up one uh, for sure. Um, and then next week I have um, Danielle uh, from Toronto. She's uh, she's joining um, the chat. She's an interesting photographer and, um, mixed media artist as well. Who's been working with another friend of mine who's on the chat named Jeremy. 
um, and she's uh, sort of learning how to do wheat pastes um, with with his tutelage there. And <clears throat> they've been working on some really cool wheat paste stuff in Toronto. And so she's mm-hmm. going to join on the chat. And you know, thanks for hanging out with me. I'm going to do the outro here so we could okay. officially end things. Thanks for inviting me. This was fun. It was great to have you. And mm-hmm. yeah, everyone stay safe out there in these crazy times. And uh, yes. Just don't be a dick. The people who join, thank you for joining, even though I, I don't know who joined. Only the people in the beginning. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You know, thank you everyone for tuning in and hanging out. Like, you know, you you're what makes this happen. So appreciate y'all. And thank you so much to Code for hanging out. It was great chatting thank with you. you. And we'll definitely do it again soon. Yay! Alright, have a good night. Alright, take care, have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.